What's up, beautiful people? This is your girl, Erica, and I want to welcome you to Dope Discussions. I'm inviting you into my living room to kick off your shoes, pull your feet up on the sofa, and let's talk about anything from love and relationships to what's the latest movie that you saw. We're adding new, fresh perspectives on relevant topics. So go get a glass of whatever it is you're drinking and come hang out with us for some Southern hospitality. Yes. So, so audience, I'm, I'm, I'm so used to saying listening audience, viewing audience and listening audience <laughs> because our listening audience is going to hear this after our viewing audience. We have a special guest for y'all today. Y'all, I'm, I see the numbers are coming in, so y'all come on in. And I want y'all, if you're watching this, please share this to your page. Share this to any platform you can share this to because everybody needs to tune in tonight yes. to listen to our special guest and what she's going to share with us. She is a friend of mine. Her name is Alandria Lloyd. She is a serial entrepreneur a self-published author. She is a minister, a life coach. Um, and she is an author of, she has some books already under her belt, Change Agent, The Missing Piece, Fasting for Change, Prayer Journal. She also has a book called While I'm Waiting, a devotional for single women, Letters to My Future King and Girl Power Uncensored. She was a co-author in that book. Alandria is the owner of a book publishing company called The Writer's Block LLC, and it assists aspiring authors by teaching them how to write their books in record-breaking speed and becoming published authors without breaking the bank. Alandria tries to encourage everyone she meets to share their testimonies in the form of a book. She has suffered many trials, but has found solace in sharing her stories within the pages of her books. She's a living, breathing testament that God will give beauty for ashes. Mm. Alandria is a resident of Hammond, Louisiana, with her teenage son. She lives life on purpose, and she is determined to fulfill her God-given destiny. And we are bringing Alandria on the show tonight because she has an awesome book that she just released. And it is called I'm Coming Out. I want y'all to see the book. I'm going to bring it back on again um, at the show end. But I want y'all to see the beautiful cover of this book. It's called I'm Coming Out. And Alandria is very much coming out in this book. She is sharing. Um, She's sharing her uh, struggle with teenage pregnancy, losing her children, losing two of her children. Um, she's going to talk about in her childhood how she became addicted to pornography, um, all all those things that um, a lot of us would shy away from sharing. Alandra is sharing those because it's something that's going to help everybody. Somebody's going to be able to read this book and identify with the struggles in this book. And we all love to hear how the underdog was able to come out on top. And she is a prime example of that. So I'm going to bring my friend on tonight, Miss Alandria Lloyd. Hey, y'all. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Yes, I am so excited 
excited about this interview. This is yes. going to be a good one. So let me get all of our stuff set up here for us. All right, Miss Alandria Lord in the house. <laughs> so Alandria, go ahead and introduce yourself to the viewers, to the listeners, and tell them who you are, what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Alandria. I am a best-selling author, book coach, publisher, and award-winning philanthropist, just to name a few. Um, most people know me because I help aspiring authors finish their books in less than 30 days and publish within 90. Yes, yes. Yeah, and she, she, she helped me break out into the author, um, into the author realm because wow. <laughs> my first book that I published um, is called Dear Young Woman. And it was an anthology that I did with Alandria along with about 24 other women where we share true life testimonies to inspire a generation of younger women. Um, so the power of social media, I met Alandria through Facebook and we've been friends ever since. Yes, ma'am. But yes. we brought her on here tonight to talk about this awesome book. It's called I'm Coming Out. Um, what was the public, what was the release date for your book, Alandria? It was my birthday, April 11th. April 11th, she had released this book and it's already a bestseller on Amazon. It went um, to a bestseller on Amazon. And let me tell you, when I got the book, the day I got it, I sat down on my sofa and began reading it and I didn't get up off of the sofa until I was done with it. That's how good it was. That's how good, that's how good of a storyteller she is because she can bring you into the story and make you feel like you're right there, like you're living through it again with her. Um, so what I'm gonna do is start out, I want to read the introduction of the book cause it kind of sums up what she's going to talk about in the book. And then we're gonna get into some questions, you know, and get into depth about, you know, what was talked about. So the introduction of the book says, God, why did you do this to me? Why did you pour so much extra melanin in my skin and mold me to look this way. You knew people would criticize and ostracize me. Those were the questions I used to ask God after being bullied because he made me a dark skinned black girl. I felt that he handed my enemies tools to tear me apart. My family members were the first to sign up for the job. Typically, family members are those who are supposed to nurture, support, and protect. But what happens when they become predators and see you as easy prey? Instead of loving and protecting me, those closest to me taught me how to hate myself, which made me vulnerable to attacks from others. They used my flaws as fuel to ignite a fire that would burn me later in life. I was ugly, unloved, and unprotected. As a result, I battled depression and suicidal thoughts as a child. Too afraid to kill myself at the age of seven, I discovered something else that would take my pain away. Before the age of 10, I became addicted to pornography. Porn stars were my first sexual education instructors. Due to feeling physically unattractive, I desperately sought validation and affirmation from guys. I used what I knew to get what I wanted. And all of this happened before the age of 12. 
This reckless behavior led to consequences that I'm still paying for to this day. Within the pages of this book, you will see how the enemy created a plot to kill me, but God kept me. Not only did he keep me so my story could give glory, but he spared me to help other women save themselves from the snares of life. My story is a testament that the phoenix will always rise from the ashes caused by the fire of life. Prepare yourself to be educated on how the enemy confuses us as children to prevent us from walking in confidence as adults. Brace yourself to be empowered by receiving tools to implement, implement in your personal life so that you too can come out of everything that tried to overtake you. Yeah. Woo. And that's a perfect summary of what that book does for you. So we want to start with, you know, from the first, when you said as a child, you know, your family members, your cousins, they ridiculed you for being dark skinned. Um, start there and tell us how that, how that created the, the scene for what would transpire later on. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what it was. It uh, because I lived in a neighborhood with all family, like in in a big block, yeah. and so it wasn't you know just like random neighbors. It was actually family members, and so every time that I go out to play, it would always be like my older cousins. Like that was one of the things that was crazy to me. Like looking back as an adult, like it wasn't people my age. It was like literally t older teenagers, even in their 20s, that mm. just had a field day by just telling me how black and ugly I was every day. Mm. And so hearing that, you know, faith comes by hearing, right? Yeah. And so if you're continuously hearing something every single day, regardless of what your mama may tell you, because she's supposed to say certain things, right? Mm -hmm. So regardless of what your um parents are saying, you know, if you're hearing this from all these outside sources every day, you're going to believe apparently it's true, because if not, why would they keep saying that? Right? right. So that's pretty much how it started. And so that's what led me on this quest to just trying to find some type of validation, some type of appreciation from somebody. And I typically would find that with men. Mm. Or what well, I thought was validation with men. Right. I can even identify with that um, as a kid growing up in, in a similar situation. All of everybody on my street was family, um, aunts, uncles, cousins, and we all played together. But the older cousins bullied the younger cousins. And I had this one older cousin. She was I consider her my favorite cousin, but she bullied me. Um mm -hmm. And she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't make the other kids not play with me if I didn't do what she wanted me to do. So I can definitely identify with um, losing some of your self-worth and self-esteem just from hanging out with family members and peers and kids of your own age and older kids. So mm -hmm. when I read that, I, I was definitely like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure this is something that a whole lot of kids can identify with. George, yes. did you have any questions? Yeah. So one of the things that I that I read in the book, and I, like I said, I, I love what I've read so far. This ain't just a book for for the ladies. You know, this is actually a book for everyone who's going through anything in life. Uh, one of the things that I you know read about was you know your transition into. 
are getting addicted to pornography. What do you think caused you to embrace the, that particular outlet during that time? Well, um, I, in the story, I will talk about how one of my cousins uh, messed with me, right? Yeah. And so with him um, doing that, and that pretty much opened up the door to sexual perversion. Um, you know, that gave way, you know, for the enemy to come in and plant other seeds. And so when he wasn't doing that, then I found another outlet in pornography of learning how to basically do it to myself. Um, and self-pleasure in myself um, would take away the torture and some of the other torment that I feel on a daily basis from just trying to go out and play. So that's how that doorway got open. Mm. Yeah. And and the interesting thing about reading your book was that it brought up childhood memories for me that reading your book, it was like, wow, if she's brave enough to say this stuff in this book, think about all the other people who have gone through the exact same thing and probably gone to their grave and never even said some of the stuff out loud that has happened to them within their family. Um, Cause I know, and within my family, we've had situations where older cousins molested the younger cousins and it's never been spoken of again. So yeah. I think it just laid everything bare. I think yeah. everybody who read this book was like, wow, she just kicked the dough down on all of our business, <laughs> all <of> our skeletons. <laughs> and that's the power behind the book is that somebody has to be brave enough to yeah. tell the truth mm-hmm. once, once and for all. Because if it doesn't get told, it just continues to keep happening. Exactly. And that's why, you know, that's one thing as I share with, you know, my clients who are writing books about their life. I'm like, you have to tell your whole story because there is someone else who feels like they don't have a voice. There is someone else who feel like no one else is going to understand what they're going through. They're waiting for someone to sound the alarm. So why not let it be you? And then what's so powerful about the truth is it sets you free. Right. And so mm-hmm. even writing that um, that book, I gained a lot of inner healing for myself, even things that I didn't really quite know were still bothering me. Because, you know, you suppress stuff for so long um, and just kind of overlook it. You feel like it's out of sight, out of sight and out of mind, but it's still manifesting in some type of behavior. And so mm-hmm. it was things that I thought that I was completely over. But when I was writing it, I'm like, oh, this is still a very, very sore spot. And I even had to stop writing. Like I can normally finish a book in a weekend, no longer than like seven days. But it looked literally took like three months for me to finish this book because it was just so heavy. Um, with all the other emotions that were coming up, you know, from stuff, I had to take several breaks. And at one point I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> If I'm going to be able to finish, but I'm like, I have to, because that's what I stand on. That's what I always preach to all my clients. Like, you have to do it. So I had to be the leader in what I was preaching to other people as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could definitely feel that. I mean, and one of the things that, that you touch on in the book, and, and I guess that's the best example of it, too, is when you talked about at a young age, you know, almost turning to suicide, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, when, now, when you're talking to to other authors about, you know, kind of 
conveying their you know their life into into word you know how do you relate relate those types of things how do you personally i know you say you have to take breaks but how do you personally step back and process and jump back into the game in order to finish writing out those thoughts mm -hmm. so i um stop and pray for sure mm -hmm. um ask god to give me more grace <laughs> more yeah. strength you know, because i know for this book guys specifically said tell it and tell it all that no sugar coating of any sort was allowed and so i'm like i know if you called me to this you've already given me the grace the strength and the measure of everything else that i need to go ahead and get through it so i just have to push past my feelings and just keep going and so i'm one of those people who really don't like to focus on feelings i like to focus on facts more mm. so it's like the fact is i have to finish it Right. So we got to press past these feelings like we really don't even have the time to get involved in that. We have to press past it to complete the mm -hmm. fact, which is this has to come out this way. Right. <laughs> right. Because right. in the writing, sometimes it can kind of pull you back into those feelings and, and certain things you might think are you've completely healed from. You may still have just a little sting there. Um, oh, yeah. But once you understand the greater gift of my story is that this is going to be healing balm for somebody else's wound who's probably I'm I'm healed up to where I got a little scab, but they're still bleeding right now. Right. So what I have is going to start the healing process on them. So I got to push past my feelings to get it out. Absolutely. And another thing that helps me is I changed my environment in writing. Um, I didn't write at home. I actually took some time and I went to the beach and um, just sitting out by the water and just, you know, walking around in the sand and just being there. just a whole shift of environment helped me to get in another mindset as well. And so that's another thing that helps me to do it, you know, and so I always encourage, you know, Arthur's to find your environment where you are the most creative. If that's not your house, don't even try to do it in your house. You know, mm -hmm. I'm an outdoorsy type person. So I'll go sit in the park and write. Um, even if I sit in my car, I'm still outside. So outside is a thing that does it for me, you know? And so just switching up the environment in the middle of that is one thing that really, really helped me to, to push through and get it out. Yeah. So we want to talk about, we're going to go into the, the time when the, the first time that you found out you were pregnant with your first child and your mind state at that time. Cause I remember you saying at that time, you felt like you really had no true love from anybody. And you thought that your first child was going to be your, you know, your chance to be able to have somebody love you unconditionally. Um, just take mm -hmm. us through that and, and, and losing your child and how that all uh, impacted you. So initially I thought that I was gonna be really excited when I found out um, that I was pregnant, but the responses from everybody else, <laughs> you know, my mama was disappointed. You know, my dad, all the family disappointed. Um, what are you planning on doing? You know, all these questions that I had zero answers for, right? All I knew is I needed, um, this child was gonna give me all the love that I needed. I didn't think about how I was gonna take care of her. I just figured it was gonna work itself out, right? So now I'm being presented with all these questions that I had zero answers for. And then to make matters worse, when I actually called the uh, the guy to let him know, he made it quite clear that he didn't want any more children and that um, he was just going to deny uh, my child if I continue to, 
you know, if I didn't terminate the pregnancy. And so that was just like a total slap in the face. You know what I mean? And so it was really, really, plus I was 15, you know, so still in high school, trying to maintain that, dealing with, you know, other hormonal and other issues that teenagers are going through. And so to put all of that on top of regular teenage stuff, it, it was a whole lot. I can imagine. I'm I'm trying to imagine when I was that age, I know I was not um prepared for anything of that magnitude. Um I was I had just stopped playing with baby dolls. Yeah. So uh, how was I going to take I care of the whole person? Yeah, you know I talked about how I buried my dolls at uh 11 I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, and you know what, when I was reading that part, that was, that was kind of symbolic to me because it was like, I'm going to bury the, the baby doll so I can get me a real life doll. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's up, beautiful people? I hope you're enjoying this episode of Dope Discussions. And if you ever want to join us live and become a part of the show, you can tune in at 6.30 on Sundays. Every Sunday is at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We go live. We film this show live from my Facebook page. And you can follow me on Arthur Erica Warren. And you can get reminders of when we go live and when we tape the show, you can actually comment and we will make your comments a part of the live show and a part of this broadcast. Also, if you would like to support us in keeping our podcast going, you can make donations to our cash app, which is dollar sign dope discussions. So I just wanted to let you all know that. And I'm going to let you get back to the second half of the show. Yeah. Wow. So you just basically kind of just were looking for some someone or something to 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 put that that feeling of love on and to have that that feeling come back to you. In other words, in that scenario, you know. Yeah. yeah. So and what, I can remember at that age of feeling like, you know, nobody understands me. Nobody loves me the way I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And 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 looking for that in boys looking for that you know in in something outside of my family and something outside of myself for that mm-hmm. validation yep yeah I mean, yeah i think a lot of times you know we as people and not just like not just women but i think people in general a lot of times you know we we end up putting ourselves in a position where we're just kind of searching and searching for something and we use all these unhealthy outlets in order to, to, to find what we probably need to be looking for, you know, in ourselves and in God, you know, what was your, like your, your turning point to, you know, embrace, you know, God and what, you know, what his plan was for you? Well, after I lost the first child, that's when I found God. So that's when I got saved um, for the first time. I had always been in church all my life, but it was just because my mama, you know, drugged me with her every time right. the doors were open. But it wasn't because it was my own personal thing. So after um, losing the first child, that's when I actually found 
and developed a relationship with God. But I mean, I was still 15. You know what I mean? So as it relates to obeying what God is saying and no fornicating and all that, like I wasn't quite ready for all that. No, no. So, um, you know, it was, it was, that's when the process started, though. <laughs> Just keep it real. I know I, I know this is what you say, God, but let me let me let me try to feel my way through this thing a little bit. <laughs> you know, before I get there. I, I don't know that, I don't know that level yet. <laughs> Keep working on right. it. And to be honest, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, as kids, when we're introduced to God, it's through, it's not through our own personal. Like I remember growing up in church, I wasn't never taught to like have my own personal relationship with God. I was taught to obey what my right. mama said about God. So it took for me to become a grown adult to understand that I have a one-on-one -on -one with him that I don't have to go through anybody else to have my relationship with him. So that's why a lot of times as kids, we do, through, we do all that stuff and we go through all of that stuff because we don't understand you know, how that God thing really works. And yeah. that's why we go through all these problems. We look for love in all the wrong places. We don't know to look within ourselves. We don't mm -hmm. know to look to God to ask him, you know, what is your purpose for us? We don't find that out until later in life when we come into more understanding. So right. I think that's a lesson that us as parents should be able to take out of that situation is that teach your kids to have their own individual relationship with God, teach your kids to pray to God, to ask God to show you who he wants you to be. Because exactly. a lot of times we project on our kids what we want them to be in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's thing, what we mess up. You know, back in those days, it was just, you just believed in God because it was heaven or hell type stuff you know so mm -hmm. it wasn't like knowing him as a personal savior where he is my mind regulator you know what i mean where he is somebody that can calm my fears like it wasn't to get to know god on that level it was just obey don't do this that or the third are you going to hell you know what i mean and so that's how it was taught back when i was coming up and mm -hmm. so that's why i think that we do our kids a disservice when we just preach that twisted gospel <laughs> because God is more than someone who's going to save your soul at the end of the day is save your life, your mind. You know what I mean? To mm -hmm. help you from losing it and everything else. But we're so busy focused on the do's and the don'ts that we just preach that side of Jesus to kids. And that's what makes them not want to follow him because mm -hmm. I'm like this born. I'm like, yeah, I'm saved, but I hadn't even started going out yet. I got to get in the club. <laughs> Right. Yeah, like I'm just 15. Like I, I can't, you know. Right. So yeah. all the all the stuff Look. that I was telling me not to do, I I want to know for myself. I know, Mama, right. you told me that you know sex is bad and just don't do it. But I don't know if I believe you. Right. I need to, yeah. right. I need to find this out for myself. Give me, give me, give me a minute, Lord. I'm, I'm, I promise I'm gonna come today and try. As I, 
after 22. When I get 22, because I got <laughs> after 22, I'll be in there for you, Lord. Just get, get give me a little while to wild out, and I'll, and I'll be back. Just just watch your exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. So I'm like, I, I haven't even started living yet. So you know, mm-hmm. because too, you know, but and I come from a really um. I call it old school religion um, yep. type background where it's just, you know, in church, every time the door is open, um, you can't wear this. If you wear that, you're going to hell. You know, and so I'm like, I don't I don't even really know if I want anything to do with all this, what y'all talking about. You know what I mean? And so it was just that's what it was. And I'm like, God, just just let me do a little something. And then I'll, right. I'll, right. I'll be like that. Right. <laughs> Like you said the other day, Eric, I put that finger up when I walk out. <laughs> I'll be right back, God. Hold on. Just give me a moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I remember that, though, because I, we was talking about that the other night. Like, I got to a certain point in my childhood where I kind of gave up because I remember at one point in my life, all I wanted to do was live because I wanted to be able to go get into heaven. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do everything I could to be able to get into heaven, but as a as a you know as I was growing up and trying to learn myself, I got to a point where I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get into heaven because everything they tell me I can't do, that's the stuff I want to do, right? And everything they tell me I'm supposed to do, I don't want to do that. Right. I just, I'm kind of, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know. This thing too hard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what, you know, I wish more parents see, cause they're still even today in 2020 parents raising their, their children like that. And that's why a lot of these preachers kids, they turn 18 and they go buck, buck wild mm-hmm. because that's the type of you know, theology they've been taught all their lives and it, it does more harm than good. I don't care what nobody right. say. It, it does more harm than good. Right. Yeah. Teach the whole gospel, not just exactly. the part that you want to control because you want them to obey. You know what I mean? Teach right. the whole thing. We're going to teach it. Right. Exactly. Because you ain't doing nothing but sheltering them in a way from the truth, the, what, what the, you know, the real world. So like you said, a lot of those preachers kids, as soon as they get from underneath that thumb, they go buck wild. I know a lot of them on college campuses. <laughs> you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. you, 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 Pastor, Pastor Thompson, son? Right. <laughs> you know? I look high as a kite. Huh. Huh. Yes. Huh. So, with the cloud, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know. So, Alindra, tell us at what point in your journey. You can't, you know, you you got your relationship with God and then you felt like your purpose was to help other women in that same struggle. Um, Actually, like around the age of 30, to be honest, um, because I still had a lot of, you know, healing to do within myself. And then like I'm naturally a really like quiet person. I've never had a lot of friends. I've never talked to like. You know, I've had a lot of women around me. So when it was, I realized that I'm to serve women, I'm like, well, how is this going to work? I don't talk to them. You know, right. like, how we going, how we supposed to do this? <laughs> I don't even talk to them like that, right? <laughs> and so, um, and then not only that too, like I didn't even want um, to be a minister. Like when I realized I had a call, I really tried to run from it even more so because I'm like, I'm not qualified for this. Like, 
I still yet ain't had enough of fornicate. Now it ain't quite out of my system yet. So I don't want, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite, right? So I'm not going to be preaching something um, on anybody's pulpit and then I'm still tipping and dipping. Like that's just not, that wasn't my thing. And so I'm like, I'd rather sit down and not serve in a ministry role until I've gotten this under control. But then it got to the point where it's like, okay, well you need to make a choice, right? Like there's no more until you get tired. It's like, this is the call. You're going to answer it or you're going to suffer the consequences. Which one you want to do? And so that's basically how, how, you know, like what it boiled down to. And I'm like, because I had caught enough hell, you know what I mean? When you're disobedient and when you are running away, there's a lot of curses and a whole lot of backlash that's going to come from that. And I, I caught it. And so I got tired of it and I got to the point to where it's like, I can't afford to suffer the consequences of my actions. Like I can't take the consequences of my actions because they hurt too bad. So I need to just go ahead on it and get it right. And so that's pretty much um, how it was for me and me actually accepting and walking into all that God had called me to. Yeah, I can identify with that. Like I got to a point where I got sick of myself Mm -hmm. because, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. And that's what I was doing. I was doing the same thing over and over again. And I was thinking, I just need a different I just need a different person to do it with. But not understanding you choosing the same person over and over again. He just looked different. Mm. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it was for me. That last one. I'm telling you, he was sent straight from hell. And I went through. Oh, <laughs> I went through. I'm talking about straight. Okay, no stops in between. And um, I went through pure hell, you know. And uh, you know, it was just a whole God. If you get me out of this, I'm not gonna do it no more. But I said that for like four or five years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So again, it came to the point of it's like, okay, what you gonna do? Because like you see what's going to happen if you keep doing what you want to do, it's not going to work out well. So just drop it, you know, and like that's that was the turning point for me. Yeah. You kill me with that and you send them straight from hell. Like, yes, sometimes it does feel like that. <laughs> you know, this person that came into my life, Lord, why did you even let them in here? I knew I should be in my number. like that's the thing about it like when i first met him god literally said this is not it he doesn't even need your phone number Mm. like that's what's crazy about it so i knew what i I didn't know the full extent but i Mm. knew enough to know that this wasn't going to be a good idea and so that's why i can say i can't suffer the consequences of my own actions because (laughs) (laughs) it's just much it's just too much a lot of times we give ourselves too much credit. We think, oh, I could I could do this. I could play with this situation. I'm not going to get deep in it. You know, yeah. I know when to get out of it, but baby. <laughs> 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 Told you. Whole Look, another situation. That red flag ain't even come from him. It came from God. You know? <laughs> like, look, stop. Hold on. It's all right, God. Hold on. Like I could see it. Right, right. <laughs> yep. Yes. So, Alendra, tell everybody where they can get in contact with you as far as, because I know you have, 
we we're talking about the book today, but you have programs that you do for women and um, other things. So let us know about that and what they can do. You know, because I know you got you got a a, um, a program coming up pretty soon, right? Yes, yes. I have a program coming up for women who are ready to stop exchanging their time for dollars. Um, women who are tired of working 40 hours a week and don't make enough money to live day to day. So that is those women who are ready to really turn their ideas into six figure businesses. So that is my new program that's about to open up um, within the next few months for well, next few weeks, actually. So just women who are ready to, you know, because this whole Corona situation have shown us how unstable systems are and how the danger of trusting too much in a job, because clearly, we can see your job no matter how sturdy you thought it was can be shut down today or tomorrow now you have to figure out how you're going to feed your kids so that's allowing somebody else to have too much control over your dollar and so the whole purpose of the program is to teach women how to take control of that and write their own checks regardless of a pandemic yes i love that because we got to be when when god say move in a new direction you got to be ready you can't just mm -hmm. say no I want to hold on to what I know and what I'm familiar with. Because they exactly. say if you hold it on too tight, your your hands are closed and you can't receive the new blessings that's that's coming your way. Absolutely. And truth is, some people have that were too comfortable on jobs anyway. You know, when right. God has given us all the power to create wealth, but instead of you creating wealth, you rather work for someone else who was bold enough to create it. And that's why they hired mm -hmm. you. And yes. so, um, don't speak that word home. to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, hit, it's hitting you up upside the head somewhere. <laughs> Stevie over here. Hold on, let me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's the thing. And it's, you know, nothing wrong with it because some people actually love what they do. You know, they're meant for yeah. what they do. But when it comes to working these jobs that are barely paying you to make it, like we got to do something else, you know? Right, right. And then mm -hmm. never put yourself in a position where another person can determine if you are essential or not. You right. know what I mean? Because the non-essential have had to struggle and be stressed out about how they were going to put table, you know, food on their table for their children. I just think that's a tragic situation. And so that's mm -hmm. the whole purpose of me creating this because I want to see women win on top without worrying about if unemployment is going to come through and give them that extra $600. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's right. just time to right. Yes. 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 So listeners and viewers, I hope y'all have enjoyed this uh, episode of Dope Discussions as much as we have. Yes. I want to thank you so much, Alandria. It was a pleasure. We were supposed to do this a long time ago. We just finally got it all together. <laughs> but it, it was perfect timing. It's perfect yes. timing. It's in God's yeah. timing. He, he knew what he was doing. So Absolutely. I want you all to see the book again. I want you all to go out. If you want to um, order Alandria's newest book, the up the website is scrolling on the bottom of the screen. You can go to www.alandriaL.com and order mm -hmm. I'm coming out. Mm. Yes. I promise you, you will not be disappointed with this book. You will not. I'm telling you, I read it the, the, in, in, in two hours and I was amazed at you know, how good and how she laid everything out and how it's going to help so many other women 
who will be able to identify themselves in this book. So that is the book right there. Go out and get your copy. You can get it from Alandria's website right there, scrolling on the bottom of the screen. And again, I want to thank, wait, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do too much at once, y'all. Hold on. We're going to be all ahead of this. Babe, after a while, I'm going to be so professional. I'm telling y'all, I told y'all, Oprah, look for me. I'm coming for your spot, baby. <laughs> well, I'm coming, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he is on the rise. Move over. Move over. <laughs> it's time for E. Right. It's time for e. Yes. <laughs> Again, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of Dope Discussions Live. And you will catch us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. This episode will be uploaded tomorrow fresh for you to be able to listen to if you miss the video. And you can always go back and catch the replay if you missed us live. But we always encourage you to join us live so you can put in your comments and then you can become part of the live show. So thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all can catch us again next Sunday right here at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. What you want to leave them with, Data Beater? Just want to say thank you again, Alondra, for coming in here and blessing everybody. And go get this book. Everybody go ahead and and patronize all people. And again, it's been dope. (laughs) Good night, y'all. Good night. (laughs) Good night.